the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the grace and peace of God our Father, the love of the risen Lord Jesus, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We come together to celebrate today the glorious feast of the Ascension of the Lord. Where Christ has gone, we are now called to follow. We open our minds and our hearts that we may do just that. The Lord be with you. The conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Go make of all disciples, we hear the That comes from you, our Father, in your eternal word. Inspire our ways of learning through earnest, fervent prayer, and let our daily Tomorrow, of course, is Memorial Day, and we remember in our prayers and our liturgy today all those who have served our nation and who gave their lives in its name. We will offer a special blessing in their honor at the end of our liturgy. One of the remarkable features of modern life is how fast technologies change. Years ago, before coming to Holy Martyrs, I was invited to Rochester, New York, to give a series of conferences to the priests there. For a hundred years, Rochester was the headquarters of the Eastman Kodak Company, and it still is. Kodak is still a billion-dollar-a-year corporation, but in the 1990s, it was a $20 billion-a-year company. At one time, the world's largest manufacturer of cameras and film. For those of you under 30, film is what they used to use to imprint photographs on paper. And for those under 25, cameras were what they used to take pictures with before you could use your phone. An older woman found an old black and white photo while she was cleaning out a drawer at her house, and she was delighted to find that it was a picture of her as a young woman standing in front of an old car her husband had taken that photo on their very first date. She was charmed to think that he had saved that picture all these years. So when he got home, she showed him the picture and his face lit up. He said, wow, this is wonderful. 
She asked, do you know what it is? He said, of course, that was my first car. There are ways that we communicate love and ways that we don't. The Gospel for the Feast of the Ascension shows us the way that Jesus Christ chose to communicate his love. It is the centerpiece of the Gospel. It has been called the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. In those four words is summed up the reason we were created and the reason we have faith. Go and make disciples. For Jesus' love was not about what we give or what we get. Love is about what we become. There's a wonderful parallel in the Gospels between the very first thing Jesus said to the apostles and the last. At the beginning of his public life, before they knew how their lives would be transformed, Jesus walked along the Sea of Galilee and invited some fishermen on a journey. He said, come, follow me. And then here at the end, when his life on earth is done, he sends them into the world with a whole new commission. Go and make disciples. The first invitation to come and follow him changed their lives. The second one, to go and make disciples, changed the world. It is still true for every Christian and for the church. First, we must come to know Jesus and then help others to know him. How this happens is the story of faith. The first lesson of parenting, I am told, is that parents teach by example, and the lessons they teach are not always the ones they intend. A friend of mine was a pediatric nurse in Cleveland. One day, she had to give a four-year-old named Annie a shot. And as you might imagine, Annie wasn't having any of it. As the nurse prepped her arm, Annie started to tell her, no, no, and it quickly escalated into a kind of Tarzan yell of no, as the needle approached her arm. Annie's mother tried to reason with her. She said, that's not polite. So with a panicked look in her eyes, Annie said, no, thank you. The fact is that it is easy to do something as long as it doesn't affect us personally. It is easy to be kind to a stranger you're going to only see one time. It is no problem to be on our best behavior to put on a happy face for a while. But it is a different thing altogether when it does affect us. When we have to live with those people we're supposed to love. When we know all their moods and weaknesses and irritabilities. And even worse, they know all of ours. The work of discipleship begins not in some mission field far away, but right where we are. I have told couples for years that the spiritual purpose of marriage is to get each other into heaven. It is about transforming our attitudes so we can transform our lives. Being a disciple begins then with the people around us, but it never ends there. 
Go out, Jesus said, in effect, and transform the world. The immediate response to that, collectively speaking, is for us to say, who, me? Isn't this what priests and nuns are supposed to do? But that's not what Jesus said. He addressed his great commission to go and make disciples to all of us. You may not have heard the name of Margaret Horry, but if you're from the South, you may have. She was born in Ireland in the 1800s and lived most of her life in New Orleans. By the time she was in her early 20s, her parents, her husband, and her infant daughter had all died. She was left penniless, uneducated, and all alone. Initially, she supported herself by taking in other people's laundry, and from that, she began to start small businesses. She started a dairy, and she peddled the milk door to door. She used the money she made from that to buy an old bankrupt bakery, and she turned it around. And it and she became enormously successful. She made a fortune, and she spent the rest of her life giving it away. She was devout in her faith, and she lived a life of great simplicity. It is said she owned only two dresses. For decades, she gave away vast sums to feed the poor, found orphanages, and support the homeless. When she died, she was given a state funeral by the people of Louisiana. And afterward, the citizens of New Orleans erected a monument to her that still stands today. And on it, they inscribed these words. She was a mother to the motherless. She was a friend to those who had no friends. She had wisdom greater than schools can teach. We will not let her memory go from us. She did all this without ever knowing how to read or write. We humor ourselves when we tell ourselves that there's nothing we can do. When we hear Gospels that say things like, go and make disciples, we think, well, it can't be me. But Jesus tells us in the same passage, I will be with you always. That promise is as true for us as it was for that penniless, homeless, unlettered woman who transformed the people of her time. Go and make disciples, Jesus tells us. And the first disciple we have to make is us. This is Memorial Day weekend. It is one of the oldest holidays in our nation and certainly the most sacred. The tradition of honoring the graves of fallen soldiers began during the Civil War. Most of the battles took place in the South and those who died were buried on the battlefields until after the war when they could be reinterred in national cemeteries. So during the war, the only people that could go to the cemeteries to mourn were Southern women who began decorating the graves of fallen soldiers, both North and South, to acknowledge their passing and their families' grief. The practice spread to every state. Soon after the war, General John Logan issued a general order 
naming May 30th to be observed annually in every community in the country to honor those who died. That date was chosen because it was not the anniversary of any battle, and because it is said it was the optimal date for flowers to be in bloom. This year, because of the pandemic and its aftermath, there will be few formal gatherings to honor our fallen soldiers, few parades or speeches given in their honor. The virus has forced us to stay at home, to spend time with our thoughts. But here's one. On Memorial Day, we do not honor an abstract ideal like commitment or sacrifice. We honor the fact that in our nation's history, 1,198,220 times, an individual decided that our nation or freedom or their comrades were more important to them than their life. As we begin to emerge from our homes in isolation, look around and remember that everything we have depended on that choice. T.S. Eliot's masterworks were poems he entitled The Four Quartets. He wrote the last one during the Second World War as he tried to find meaning in the present by looking to the past. He wrote, we shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. I think faith is like this. No matter where we go, no matter what we experience, after all we do, we find the Lord leading us back to this gospel and to the promise he made to the church that when we embrace Christ's way, we discover our true home. We have a special Memorial Day blessing. O oh God, you are the author of life and the source of lasting peace. Bless all those who have served our country and those who serve our nation today. As we gather on this Memorial Day weekend in our homes, we pray for those who died. They have passed from death to life in the company of the Lord, who died and rose that we might all have new life. Grant them peace and rest among your saints in heaven. May we who remain, who enjoy the heritage of freedom because of their sacrifice, always be grateful. You desire justice and mercy. Make us just and merciful people. Bring peace to our nation and to our world, for you are the God of all people and the guardian of all life. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives. Thanks be to God.